like that. All right. Welcome, everybody, once again to another episode of Sleep Tech Talk, the sleep podcast. Without the echoes and with green screen, because today is, you may not be seeing it on this day. We typically record a few uh, a few weeks or uh, days in advance, but today is St. Patrick's Day. That's why I got the green background. Actually, if you're watching it on YouTube, I've had technical difficulties. That's the real truth. But uh, before we move forward, let's t let's toss it over to somebody that doesn't have technical dis difficulties, and that's Emerson Kerr. Emerson, over to you, sir. Hey, how's it going? Thanks, Jerry. Um, we're excited to have Joel Porquez today, a uh, good friend of ours for a long time. Joel is a registered polysomnographic technologist. That's easy to say. A registered sleep technologist, at least for the next 10 years, and holds a certification in clinical sleep health. Uh, he is uh, the most recent past treasurer of the AST, passing that proverbial baton, baton or torch over to me this past fall. Joel comes to us from Hudson, Ohio, a community just south of Cleveland. Um, began his sleep in Monroe, Georgia, east of Atlanta. Joel has had a few significant stops along the way in his career that include working with our friend Dr. Russell Rosenberg at Neurotrials at the Atlanta School of Sleep Medicine as well as Children's in Atlanta. In Cleveland, Ohio, Joel um, has worked with Case Western's University Hospital and Mercy Hospital. Joel now works with Knox Medical. In 2013, Joel launched Sleep Kids Technical Pediatric Sleep Consulting. So Joel, that's a mouthful about your career. Congratulations on a, such a successful run. Uh, two questions to get us going. Um, how did you get into pediatric sleep? And uh, why Sleep Kids? What prompted you to launch your consulting business? Well, first of all, thank you. Thanks for that introduction, and thanks, guys, for having me. Um, <clears throat> I, it's, it's, I, I hesitate whenever I ask a little bit because I, I always take a minute to reminisce and how I got here. And, and obviously, it's, it's, I got into sleep by a lot of guidance, a lot of things that I felt was the right path because things were kind of facilitated for me along the way. My father as a general surgeon actually was renting office space to a sleep lab. <clears throat> so when I was studying for my medical boards, I thought, huh, I could actually get paid while I'm studying. And so uh, I got into it, <clears throat> uh, got into doing adult sleep. Uh, everything, like you mentioned, uh, into Dr. Rosenberg, uh, doing clinical trials, how Rosarim, Ambien, you know, your phase one, two, three clinical trials. Got into uh, <clears throat> almost a 10-year uh, uh, spat over there, or over, working over at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, and, and really loved it. <clears throat> so pediatrics, it was something that I felt like I really wanted to do, and and I felt the calling to to help these kids because it's it was something challenging that I thought I could uh, help out with. And uh, so, yeah, so, and then luckily now I, I aligned with a company that has the same uh, vision and that I enjoy about increasing awareness about sleep and, and mine was starting them as early as possible. And, and Knox Medical has uh, helped me out uh, <clears throat> where I do uh, technical support for their products and and help out customers and I've been there done that sort of speak on the other end <clears throat> so it's nice to go uh, full circle and 
and help as much uh, as many people as possible. So your other question, uh, <clears throat> sleep kids. Uh, I think uh, being in leadership roles, I, I've, I've, and traveling and speaking in, in pediatric topics, I saw a need, a need for of how, uh, you know, basically text just got thrown into doing pediatric studies and, and, uh, and I realized, you know, it's, it's, there's a skill and, you know, ages, pediatric age group from zero to 18 years of age, it's a wide span. And we all hear the old saying, you don't treat these kids like little adults. And, and, I, and, as, I, and as I got there and started working in a lot longer in the field, I realized, you know, these pediatric sleep labs, they have wait lists. It's not uncommon to be six weeks out, three months, six, even six months scheduled out. So I saw a need where I can focus and help, uh, <clears throat> possibly help uh, some, some labs get into pediatrics and uh, help cut that uh, wait list down a little bit and, and help educate, which I love to do. Hey, Joel, one, one question for you. Uh, could you, do you mind sharing with the audience some of the primary differences between adult polysonography and pediatric polysonography? Just to, you know, for the ones who don't necessarily work with pediatric patients, they can get a sense of, of how specialized, you know, that particular patient population is. Sure, and, and that's a great question. And, 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 and one thing, <clears throat> you, you deal with the, the vast age groups that I mentioned. So, it's and then not only age groups. If you specialize, you have all the some some of the kids that have the disabilities and and they're on different spectrums of development and and you have, you deal with uh, different equipment. Okay, so and so end title monitoring uh, monitoring carbon dioxide is a big thing with uh, pediatrics. Uh, you need a, either transcutaneous or or through the cannula. Uh, a lot of uh, you know, a lot of people I've met love to work with kids, okay? Uh, but then we all know working in pediatrics, you have more than one patient. And depending on the day staff that can set the expectations on the weekend, you might have five or six other patients in there because they bring the whole family into your sleep lab, okay? So you have other, in other words, you have other set of eyes staring at you. So if you feel like you, uh, are under a mag, uh, you know, you know, a magnifying glass, so to speak. You have everyone looking at what you're doing to their child, okay? The caregiver, mother, father, <clears throat> and so ages. You know, you, you you're dealing with the, the the small, the neonates, the 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 infants, and this, which is totally different. And 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 if I may, uh, one of the biggest things of getting into pediatrics is because. A lot of what we do and how we raise our children was the way we were raised ourselves. And so much has changed in sleep since then. You know, my mother used to say, uh, rest her soul, she used to say, oh, she, don't bother them, they're snoring, they're sleeping well. You know, <clears throat> so a, a lot of things um, have come up, obviously. We've come up. Uh, we've come up with uh, the recommended sleep times. You've came up with, you know, diagnosing these kids early. That yes, you know, restless sleep and snoring is not normal in children. Okay, so it was a movement and to try to get people diagnosed earlier. But there's a lot of things of how to work with different age groups, how to manage yourself with different types of patients, the the caregiver, 
equipment-wise, different sizes of equipment, sensitive skin. You just don't slap these leads on and stuff. You know, you might need some uh, a, a skin barrier or something that helps uh, re remove the stickers in the morning. Um, so there's, there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of attention, I should say, that's, that's taken. In With that in mind, Joel, what do you feel like, I mean, you've done adult sleep. What was the biggest surprise for you moving into that? You've, you've kind of listed a lot of things, but if you had to say there was this one significant moment where you thought this was a big learning for you moving into pediatrics and now maybe that's become something you really dial in on as you're coaching somebody that's wanting to start a, a pediatric program. What is that maybe one or two things that really stood out to you that you want to make sure you convey to a client? I, I, I always go back to the team. The sleep team has to be there. You have to have everyone works together from the day staff that manages. I've always been impressed with the day staff that tells the, pa the patient when to come in because kids sleep earlier, right? No longer are you starting your normal eight or nine o'clock shift. You're starting maybe 6.37, if not earlier. <clears throat> the day staff that manages the, um, uh, their expectations, what to bring to the sleep lab along with um, a lot of pediatric hospitals have respiratory therapists, either on call or even as sleep technologists, uh, more focused on oxygen. A physician that's, 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 that's uh, very flexible and understanding on, 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 <clears throat> on how to treat uh, various ages. Um, Your uh, behavioralist, I, I guess the team sort of speak, because one thing I realized in working with peds is that I, I can talk to a lot of people and they said, oh yeah, I, do, I work, I do pediatric sleep. But then I asked further, okay, what age groups and how often do you do them? Because now, yeah, I can say I do pediatric sleep, but if I do a six-year-old once a month, I can still say I do pediatric sleep, right? So, so it, it's a skill. And, and obviously the more often you do it, the, the better you get. And uh, and so I would, I would probably say that, Emerson. <clears throat> hey, um, Joel, I, I sincerely appreciate the skill involved in that because, you know, having worked with a few back in the day, I, I, I totally understand that. If you're only doing it once or twice, it, it's tough. Uh, is there a particular training program that you provide to your team or the, the groups that you work with? for that? Well, usually if, if I don't advertise much, <clears throat> if people are interested in, in me helping them out, everything is purely customizable. And if they want just a pediatric scoring or if they just want to uh, learn the differences of hooking up a uh, pediatric age group, what are the techniques? <clears throat> uh, so I, I, I do have, I do have the generic plan that's out there, but but I kind of throw that out the window most of the time because I really want to hear what is their experience level of their staff, how interested are they, you know, <clears throat> how uh, how motivated are they. Uh, I leave the I reserve the right to tell them that, you know, uh, this person does not need to be working with kids because let's face it, you know, it, not everyone is, is is meant to work with children. It's 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 challenging and and. And again, I, I can't say it the most. Sometimes the parent, the, the parents are the most, are the caregivers, the most challenging ones. Oh, that, that's yeah. always a challenge. I remember being a respiratory <laughs> therapist 
and hated when family was in the room for that. Bill, let me ask you this. When you, when you think about, you know, have you seen a common thread? Because you, you've, you've done a lot of this, you know, not only, you know, in your career with the two pediatric programs and so much that you learned from Dr. Rosen, but what do you feel like is that key thing that when you're, you're working with a new account and you, you feel like this seems to be a running theme from lab to lab to lab, of something that you have to really stress of, of a lab that's moving from adult to pediatric sleep. What is maybe that one key thing that you end up having to, to really emphasize every single time? Is there something that's an outlier like that, that you end up having to train extensively on? I wouldn't say train ex extensively on, but it is worth mentioning more than once. And I think everything is attention to detail. I mean, having your scope of practice narrowed down to the age groups, making sure that everyone is on the same page, focusing, you know, if you're just starting out, maybe you want to just do six years, age six years old and up, you know, don't venture out and start doing a whole range of ages. Um, <clears throat> but I, attention to detail in the sense of, how you, what do you, can you place the electrode? Do I, do I have the flexibility with this physician that I can allow the patient to fall asleep and then place the electrode and then place the thermistor or the cannula on? You know, th there's some things that, uh, that's worth mentioning and especially with scoring. I think one thing when I teach pediatric scoring is that you have to be well-versed on the, uh, the acceptable channels you know the end title can be used if the trimester or the flow isn't there or uh, so many alternative acceptable signals that uh, <clears throat> so that will will help you and 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 to be and and, uh, and and finally when you have everything on and and we tend to be these type that, that want to have the perfect hookup and the lowest impedance you know in pediatrics that doesn't always happen that way because you are you going to fix something that took you two hours to hook up and then something came off and you're going to go in there and fix it? You might want to wait a while, you know, yeah. and let them fall asleep. You know? Sure. Do you feel like though that, you know, you're talking about attention to detail, would you say, and when someone's thinking of adding pediatrics to what they do, that oftentimes the details matter so much more than they do with adults, that there's, there's nuances with pediatrics that, really you can glaze over with adults are not as significant, but you found that maybe there's not as much forgiveness, maybe, you know, with the pediatric, do you feel like it's that way or how would you describe that? Well, I think, I, I think both are both all ages to get diagnosed is the most important thing. And, and, uh, <clears throat> adults just have that different trait, that mindset that technologists need to have, knowing that they come in, they see their chart, they see their patient, you have that immediate mindset. That's why I say, okay, to the, the lab that wants to start pediatric studies, I mean, don't stress your techs out doing pediatrics and adults in the same night. You might want to do reserve one night only for pediatrics or one night only for adults. I mean, it's... Uh, <clears throat> It is attention to detail. It, it, is, it is the mindset of, of how you're, there are things to be aware because you have to consider the age of your patient. Just like when you give a talk, you want to know your audience, you know, uh, in the way I, I want to know the ages. I know that at 12 months and I want to know their history in and out of the hospital quite a bit, for example. I know that 
as soon as they, they see me walk in or the technologists walk in, they're going to start crying. Okay. That's why I recommended don't, don't wear uh, scrubs, wear a company t-shirt or, or something colorful in a, in a, to a pediatric patient, you know, um, <clears throat> there's little, little things like that uh, makes a big difference. Uh, does that answer your question? I can keep going on the little bitty things. Uh, Joel, but, <laughs> Joel that's, that's been absolutely uh, helpful and we sincerely appreciate that. Uh, uh, but we are getting on for time. Uh, if yep. anybody wanted to contact you, what, what's the best way to get in touch with you? You know, either either LinkedIn or, or my emails, either sleepkids dot, uh, sleepkids at gmail.com and this at sleepkid, K-I-D-Z-Z-Z. Um, so sleepkids, but usually if they're interested, word of mouth has been uh, good. I appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. I, uh, you know, the business right now is a little bit on hold since I have two 18 months old and I've been studying their sleep quite a bit. So, um Hey, that's some, congrats that's on that. I, I have Thank twins you. myself, and we appreciate you <laughs> taking a break from them to be on here. And with that, everybody, we want to thank you so much for joining us today here on Sleep Tech Talk. And once again, we really appreciate your support. Don't forget to subscribe and download the, uh, uh, download the, the episodes. With that, we're going to close for today. Lights on.